Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. He's a professional quarterback. He's really good. He is. Nobody completes more passes under 10 yards than he does. You know, Alex Smith. And they're very good. No. So, uh, but no, give me the Bengals. Okie dokie. All right, you've been sleeping well this week, you, you know, because you don't have to be on the air at 3 in the morning at any time to call something. You, you're good. Well, right? you had a good week. I am a citizen, so I would say <laughs> I'm not sleeping as well as I should. <laughs> leave it at that. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. All righty then. Um, Michael is six feet, one inches apart from me. Did you ride your Peloton this morning? Not this morning, but I'm getting my height back. That's great, because you're sitting up straight on the Peloton. Oh, yeah. All right, so we have a lot of Peloton talk, a lot of Subaru talk. This is the headquarters <laughs> for Peloton and Subaru talk. If you don't like that, I'd suggest getting out right now. Um, a bunch of things have happened since we last spoke, most importantly uh, affecting in terms of sports, the basketball sport. Um, Clay Thompson's out for the whole year. That's a crushing blow to Golden State, who expected him back. They already lost Kevin Durant to free agency two years ago. In effect, it's now the second year. And they lost Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant last year, but expected to get Clay Thompson back. It's an Achilles. If he ever does come back, he will be diminished. That's how Achilles works. It's not the same as breaking your ankle. It's not the same. So that's very difficult for them. A team that I like very much because I like Steph Curry and I really admire and like Steve Kerr. And, and you know, it's both. It's admire and like Steve Kerr. So that's out there. Two um, questions for you. Yes. Is, is there anything about overcompensation when it goes from injury on one side of your body to then set you up with the Achilles on the other side? Seems It seems certainly possible, but, uh, but I would just imagine it's one of those freak things that happens. And, and now you look at Clay Thompson and you wonder, is he just... Is his body such that he will continually get injured? I mean, John Wall gets injured all the time. You know, everybody says John Wall's back. If you think John Wall's making the whole season, if you think he's playing all 82, I'll take that bet that he won't play all 82. I'll take that bet. Well, then it's impossible to look at this injury and not think about the true best backcourt in the basketball association. Beal and Wall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, without, Without question about that. Um, I like the dra- I like watching a little bit of the draft, not much of the draft. I particularly like uh, when when the people who are doing the commenting on the draft say, "These young men have waited their whole lives for this. They're nineteen. They're nineteen. As I said yesterday on PTI, my pants are older than that. Stop. <laughs> Shut up. Don't tell me you've waited your whole life. I understand this is your this is what you want to do, but let's not make it seem like you've waited your whole. That's the other. When you see a sixteen year old kid. When the Nats win the World Series, he says, I've waited my whole life for this. Shut up. Hey, 2012 was tough on that kid. You know, I mean, <laughs> people in Chicago died before there was a World Series. They lived, they lived their whole long lives and died and never saw a World Series champion. That's meaningful. You, you little punk, shut up. Well, then you think Do of I these, sound like Will Bond? Then you think of you, all you these young punk, kids who, who get drafted and you're like, yeah, you know, maybe I'll take a couple of months before I come over to the States. Let you get things sorted out first. Yeah, well, um... The LaMelo ball goes to Michael Jordan. Think about this for a second. Magic Johnson picked Lonzo ball. Michael Jordan picked LaMelo ball. They're going to tolerate, to some degree, LaVar ball. I want LaVar ball, who has said he could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. I want want them to play for LaMelo's salary. 
you know, put your money where your mouth is. Whatever Lamelo yes. is going to make, yes. Lavar, play Michael Jordan for that, and let's see how that works out. I think everybody would like to see that. And and Wilbon's team, the Bulls, at the number four pick, Wilbon's team selected a kid from Florida State. I never heard of him. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what his name is. You find out they had these little snippets about everybody. And you find out, number one, that the kid, his mother owns a flower shop and the kid delivers flowers. I like that. I ought to call Tracy Callahan and say, see if you can hire this kid when the Bulls cut him because he knows how to do it. He knows how to deliver flowers. Because what you also find out is that he did not even start on Florida State this year. Did not start. He was the sixth man of the year in the ACC. This is the number four overall draft. And they didn't pick a starter. But isn't that what the NBA is becoming, particularly with the draft? It's just a spec draft? Well, yeah. And what Matt Kelleher said to me about that was this. Either it's the worst pick in NBA history or every coach at Florida State should be fired. And and that made perfect sense to me. Um, The Wizards for the second year in a row picked a foreign-born and raised player last year was uh, Rui Hachimura. Uh, who played at Gonzaga. This year, it's a kid from Israel whose name, I I don't know, Avija or something like that. Supposedly a pretty good player. I think what the Wizards are trying to do is just, you know, is is get a sense of marketing their team in foreign countries, you know, and and maybe make a little cash on the side. I'd be pretty sure. Sell a deal. Yeah, sell a deal, because you're not going to win enough games to matter, so you sell a deal. I have this wonderful... I'm going to read this. This is from Gillis Green from Vero Beach, Florida, formerly of Baltimore. Since the beginning of the NFL season, I've been keeping track of Chuck Todd's picks, Jeff Ma's picks, and Kevin Sheehan's smell test picks from his podcast. I have the statistics below for how they are doing when they agree on games and when they disagree, and some of the results are interesting. Well, we'll be the judge of that, Gillis. Kip would say, looks very interesting. When Chuck and Jeff agree on a game, they are correct seven out of 13 times. When Chuck and Kevin agree, they are correct four out of nine times. Nothing earth-shattering in those numbers. Slightly more interesting is that when Chuck and Jeff are on opposite sides of a game, Chuck has been right five of nine times. When Jeff and Kevin are on opposite sides, Jeff is right five of nine times. That will destroy Kevin's ego because he, doesn't he rip Jeff Ma all the, happily, the time? Happily take his money. Doesn't he go <laughs> on the air and rip Jeff Ma all the time? He just does. laughs. Even slightly more interesting, when Jeff and Kevin agree, they're only right three of nine times. But the biggest news. How about Reginald? The biggest news. He's not doing Reginald. But the biggest news is that when Chuck and Kevin are on opposite sides of a game, Chuck has been right 10 out of 12 times. Boom. Ooh. So Kevin is going down to Oof. Chuck and to Jeff. We need to call him and tell him this. This is going to really... Chuck, who has a real job. Yeah, and and Jeff was just, you know, he's this is not what he does for a living. You know, it's not what he he's does He's a water for, polo coach. Yeah. Tough news for Kevin, but I guarantee you, Chuck and Jeff couldn't do a winter forecast like Kevin. Thanks for the podcast. True. You're never not entertaining. We also have a drawing of... Um, of Michael saying he has a belt. I just... Michael, why don't you describe <laughs> the, this? The drawing is scary accurate. Why don't it you describe it? Uncle's Benny... Uncle Benny's table at the right. center. But what's so scary is it has me extending my legs underneath the table, which is my move. Mob standing <laughs> in, the, in the kitchen uh, entryway, hands on her hips going, you have a Peloton. And it captures the tone perfectly. A little bit of disbelief, a little bit, little bit of just confusion. As you, you have a frown. 
Sadly, you have a frown. Oh, I don't know why, because yeah. I respect you look, Peloton. Your, your shoulders are slumped. Yeah, well, I'm, that I'm tired. I'm old. Yeah, yeah, you know, I I used to um, I used to do those bike rides at the Gold's Gym. Right? Yeah, many many years ago, it wasn't a Gold's Gym. It was the one down by Calvert Woodley. No, 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 no. I used to do those bike rides with a with an instructor. This is long before they went sort of national and digital, and you know, you plugged in from anywhere you wanted. I sat in a bicycle class with Andy Poley, and there were about 15 people and a live human being, Todd Offenbacher, um, led the class often. And, and so nobody high-fived anybody, nobody insulted anybody, but the, the instructor might say, hey, pick it up, Tony, pick it up. You know, and I did that for a couple of years, and I actually enjoyed it and stopped doing it completely. Uh, I probably could do it again. You sweat a lot. Such phrases like, you're not riding for today, you're riding for your tomorrow. No, no, there were no such phrases. There's nothing like that. There was like, we'll be done soon and you can eat. (laughs) You know, it just, and so I used to do that. um, Yeah, a long time ago, 20 years ago, I used to do that. And I sort of liked it and I haven't done it since. I haven't written anything since. One other piece of news from basketball, because, and I'm doing this only because free agency starts today. Gordon Hayward opted out of a $34 million a year deal at Boston. He had the option to stay at Boston this coming year to play once again for his college coach from Butler, Brad Stevens, who you think he liked, on a very good team, a team that hasn't broken through to the NBA finals yet, but has gotten to the conference finals two or three times, right, Nigel, the Celtics two or three times under Brad Stevens, maybe more? Uh, yeah, no, they've done very well under him. I, I'd have to check to see how many times they made the conference finals. But uh, yeah, why I, I would you think Gordon Hayward would opt out? <sighs> you know, maybe That's thirty-four thinks- million dollars in your hand. When what? he got injured two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, and I this year as well. Yeah, he's been, his whole story with the Celtics has been, I can't injured. get on the floor. Yeah. Injured. So expired. Was, expired. <laughs> expired. Like your ketchup. Yeah. Expired. That's been I was, his story. I was hoping that he would well, say, look, I haven't been able to give my best to this franchise and to these fans, but now I'm feeling healthy and we've got a really good team. So, yeah, I'm going to be back. But no, now they say he might go to the, the Knicks, I guess. Well, I they, don't know. look, everybody says everybody's going to the Knicks because the Knicks have cleared a lot of cap space and the Knicks stink and they have a new president. And they have a new coach. They have a new everything. So everybody assumes, oh, you got to go to the Knicks. You know, I have also heard he's going to go to Indiana where he played college ball. Oh, sure. And Indiana is such a better team than the Knicks. Indiana's a good team. They're actually a good team. I don't know who coaches Indiana. Didn't they fire their coach and hire somebody else? Are they the team that tried to hire the next Nick Nurse? Right, something like that. A guy you never even heard of who was an assistant, maybe to Nick Nurse in Toronto, and they hired him. And I don't even know his name. Is such a thing possible? Billy Donovan went to the Bulls, right? Uh, yes, it's Nate Bjorkren. Yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy who was on the Toronto bench with Nick Nurse. Um, but ter- Indiana's a far better team than the Knicks. Knicks stink. They stink. It's like Russell Westbrook. He's going to go to the Knicks. Really? Uh, <laughs> what are you going to get for him? The, the Knicks have a bowl of porridge at every position. They don't have anything. That's why they fired everybody, because they don't have anything. Come on, people use the code. I mean, you got to be able to figure this out. It's it's really not that hard. You know, it's not that hard. Uh, Seattle, Arizona last night, pretty good game. Um, I won't talk about it at length because Jason Lock and Fora will talk about it. And indeed, Jason will join us when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. 
You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the honey ad. I think we've done this once or twice. And I, I can't even imagine why you wouldn't join this. When I read the ad, I go, whoa, what, what's the downside on this? Imagine this. You make a list of the gifts you're going to buy for the holidays. And then someone randomly gives you the money to help buy one. Does that sound good? Well, that's what Honey is doing. They're helping pay for $1 million worth of gifts. And you're probably wondering, is this the same Honey that automatically searches for promo codes online? Yes. Yes, it is. With Honey, you can also make a list of all the holiday gifts you want from certain stores. It'll watch it for you. And Huh? It'll watch it for you. Yeah, and Honey will email you when the price drops on anything on your list. So we have Honey, and we use this because the boys outgrow their pants every single week. And right. we get embarrassed because we send the bootster to preschool with high water pants. Well, wait a second, but but you give you give his pants to the hammer. Right, but the, the older kid still needs new pants. Yeah. The hammer's living large. Yeah. Just add Honey to your computer, create a free account, and throw some holiday gifts on your drop list for a chance to win. Honey will randomly select winners and give them the money to help buy something on their list. And it says, please talk about the gifts you're going to add to your drop list. I don't want any gifts, and I don't know what a drop list is. So, Michael, why don't you take that part? <laughs> we'll get, Do you we'll, want another pe- second Peloton we'll, so you and Liz we'll get, can ride oh, together? That, that'd be fun to watch. And you can yeah, high-five each list. other? I wouldn't yeah. give her a high-five. What is drop list? What does that mean? It just means that you can tag certain items, and they'll, they'll let you know. That, so they let you know, now's a good time to buy this item versus oh. maybe if you wait a little bit longer. Uh, no purchase necessary. You need a PayPal account. I'm out. You need a PayPal account to redeem the prize. Carol has a PayPal account. That's just for the prize. When I look at the American Express every month and I see all these PayPal charges, I go insane. Insane. You need a PayPal account to redeem the prize. Only valid in the United States. Giveaway ends December 21st. So you got a month. You got a month to do this. Get Honey for free. For free at joinhoney.com slash Tony K. That's joinhoney.com slash Tony K. Use the code, people. Use it. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a song called Trouble in Me. I'm going to read the email. The music you are hearing is my friend and fellow Central Michigan University alumni, J.D. Dominowski. Over the summer, CMU alumni from the 2000 to 2010 years started a private Facebook group reconnecting the Chippewas from all over the world. J.D. posted in this group about his recent released album, Teal. Had to reach out to J.D. after listening to the album. It became an instant friendship as we knew the same people while going to college and our fire-up chip spirit. Anyway, so we are getting the music now from J.D. Dominowski, and this is called Trouble in Me. He'll do two songs today, um, so we're happy with that. And he plays in Jason Lockenfora of CBS Sports. And Jason, whoa, there's Copper. Fantastic. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what, uh, Fantastic. what set our crazy dog off, but there you go, Tony. We're coming in hot. Coming in hot today. Yeah, that's good. So, um, I mean, I could start with the game last night, but I think of, of sort of greater import in sure. the balance of the league is the Drew Brees injury. What do you hear about this? Last year, they had Teddy Bridgewater, who went 5-0. and Jameis yeah. Winston is not Teddy Bridgewater. What is that situation? What, how likely is that going to last? Well, I think you're looking at at least two or three weeks here. And, and we read this stuff, um, and it sounds horrible. And I am sure it feels horrible. Yeah. 
Uh, Broken ribs and a punctured lung. Yeah. 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 They're by the grace of God. Go. I, I don't, I occasionally tone will get a little carpal tunnel from typing, um, (laughs) hard. Uh, and, and that sets me, that sets me, you know, completely off my axis. Uh, no, what these guys deal with is, is you know, kind of Herculean, covering football and hockey for a long time. It never ceases to amaze me. And then you'll hear guys say, I'll be back pretty quickly. And, you know, you'll, you'll talk to people in the building and they'll give you projections of a couple weeks. And you'll say, well, that, that sounds completely impossible. But yeah. a lot of times with a flak jacket, with a needle, uh, with an incredibly high pain tolerance, it's, it's not impossible. So I, I think, you know, barring some sort of setback or, or further discovery, you're going to see Drew Brees back at some point next month. Um, you're right. Uh, Jameis is not Teddy. Teddy protects the ball. Um, uh, uh, sometimes you could say to a fault. And uh, that is not the Jameis Winston story, though. He's been around Sean Payton for a while now. He's been in that offense and around that offense and at practice for a while. And I think Jameis understands the task at hand here, both for him as an individual in terms of resuscitating his career, and in particular from a financial aspect, and in terms of what this team needs right now. And uh, I'll say this, he's never had a back like Alvin Kamara around him where you could just pitch it, toss it, shovel it, dink and dunk it over the line, and let him do the work. And, And I think that safety valve will alleviate some of the uh, tendency towards um, interceptions and forcing the ball. Uh, He's got receivers who will make plays for him. Uh, He's got a competent tight end. He's got a solid offensive line. Uh, And it's a team that is already, look, I mean, all they have to do is don't bleep it up and you're, you know, you're going to win that division and maybe even get a bye. So I think it will go fairly well. I actually, I think it'll go very well. Um, I think Jameis Winston will push the ball downfield a little more than Drew Brees did, and I, I think they'll be just fine. Okay. Uh, terrific matchup last night. Western teams, Arizona coming out of that Hail Mary play against Seattle, and Seattle had lost three of its last four, and the bloom was off the rose on Russell Wilson's MVP candidacy because he had seven interceptions in those four games, and yet Seattle won last night, even without fans, and, and yeah. that is the loudest outdoor stadium in all of the NFL when they have fans there. What did that tell us about both teams? Oh, boy, it just told me that that, you know, the NFC West and the NFC in its totality are going to be a total toss-up. Um, uh, I, I thought it'd be a close game. I thought it would come down to the wire. I just didn't know if Seattle's defense could hold up enough. But that Carlos Dunlap acquisition looks yeah. pretty darn uh, smart and impactful right now. You know, his sacks were huge, getting more pressure on Kyler Murray. Uh, I also think Kyler Murray, that shoulder was was um, howling, and I, I I think he was a little off. Um, and and Russ, he he's had three games in the last five weeks that you sit back and say that's that's not Russ, and and you you figure that's not going to continue, and it didn't. I I, I thought they'd have to score thirty five, forty points to win. It turns out um, they didn't have to score close to that. So. Yeah, I think that thing goes down to the wire, man. Um, I I do, and I think Russ had been trying to do a little too much, um, had been feeling like I've got to make a touchdown on every throw because my defense might give up a touchdown on any given snap. And he kind of recalibrated himself mentally. He just played football. Um, You you could see they made an emphasis to get Metcalf going early, 
after him kind of being a little bit dormant the last few weeks, that paid dividends. Um, and, and we'll see, you know, can Seattle get Jamal Adams a little more integrated in that group? Uh, the way they deploy him as a pass rusher, if Dunlap can bring the heat as well, you could start to see uh, uh, at least the potential for that defense to start creeping out of the abyss. Do you think on any level Russell Wilson said to himself, of all the quarterbacks in this league that bother me because of these comparisons, Kyler Murray is number one because he's my size and he's a baseball player too, and I'm going to show him I'm better than him? Um, I, having talked to Russ about some of this, these younger quarterbacks, mm-hmm. I, I don't think he looks at it that way. I, I think he champions the fact that People no longer look at me like I'm some sort of anomaly or I'm some sort of, um, you know, sideshow or, or I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, well, quarterbacks are supposed to look like that, but I, I'm doing it this way and, and, you know, boy, nobody else can do that. Like, he doesn't want to be a unicorn. Um, he, he wants to – he's an inclusive dude. He, he's rooting for these young quarterbacks, and, and he takes pride in the fact that there's other guys who aren't as tall um, – who are built differently, uh, who have a different skill set, who have a different background, and, and they're making defenses pay every week as well. I think the conversation Rush had, Rush had with himself, and this is a guy who um, the cerebral part of the game, the mental part of the game, he, he trains his mind uh, even more than he trains his body. Um, I think for him the conversation he had and, and the conversations he had with his mental coach, Trevor Moad, were, I have to get back to being neutral. I'm, I'm being hyper. I'm being overly uh, kinetic. I'm forcing things. I'm, I'm letting the situation dictate too much of my mindset while plays are unfolding. I, I need to get back to a place where I'm just doing my job. Um, I'm just controlling what I can control, and I'm, uh, I'm going to treat this football like it's my baby. Can I go back on something that you just said? He has a mental coach? Well, yeah, he's got a whole team. I mean, he's got a TV really? 12 thing going on. It's just not wow. as branded and not as right. sort of talked about. But, yeah, like when it's the off season and he'll go throw in L.A. or he'll go, you know, travel somewhere with Sierra and the kids, he's got a dietitian. He's got a massage guy. Uh, he's got a kinesiologist. This guy, Ryan, I think Ryan Flaherty is his name. He's got a wow. throwing coach. He's got a, you know, and not all these guys are with him all the time, but a lot of them are. Um, yeah, he's got a mental conditioning coach who he's been, you know, working with since uh, the run-up to his draft year. So those guys go back about a decade now. They've written a book together. Uh, yes, he is. Um, That's interesting. He is very much a mind over matter kind of guy. Yes. Okay. Uh, let me switch gears, um, and I wanted to bring up the fact that that of all the games on the board this week, the game that is the most intriguing, if it goes a certain way, if Vegas beats Kansas City, is that particular game, because that would be two wins over Kansas City, who I think, and maybe you do too, Jason, is the best team in football. Um, But uh, Vegas has been hit pretty hard by COVID protocols. The larger question here to me is, boy, oh boy, the NFL's pushing through. They are pushing through. They are, yeah. not, they are not being lenient. They're saying, you know what? The game's on the board. Go play the game. Yeah. What do you make of all that? Well, I mean, we're talking Raiders. Uh, yeah, just play, well, they baby. they don't like. Just yeah. play, baby. I mean, do you have 45 uh, NFL or NFL-ish 
athletes on your game day roster. If you do, you know, <laughs> calibrate them as you will and get through the game. Uh, and, and <clears throat> I mean, it, it sounds, I guess, somewhat callous, but if this at the end of the day is, is a business and they are trying to run this business through a pandemic without any um, assistance from the federal government and dealing with, I don't know, 20, how many different states do they play NFL football? In? I don't know, 24? I don't know. Uh, different states with different regulations and different approaches to this. We've seen teams now have to go away from having anybody in the stands in some places. Um, we're seeing some teams like the Cowboys try to take some matters into their own hands and, and try to bubble up some coaches. Uh, we've seen uh, teams like the Denver Broncos try to emerge from, from an outbreak in their coaching and executive ranks. And, you know, they're, they're, uh, D coordinator Ed Donatello is still um, fighting COVID. Uh, everybody's dealing with different degrees of this, but it's so interconnected, right? It's like that um, old sweater you have, and if a couple of strands of yarn get pulled in the wrong direction, you know, the next thing you know, that sweater's a scarf, and they're trying to avoid that, and they're trying to maintain some semblance of the overall integrity of the schedule and competitive balance, and if that means certain teams are compromised from a preparation or a practice standpoint any given week. That's just, you know, that's just the deal. I I mean, I will say this, like they haven't thrown 16 sick guys in a bus and, you know, in Philadelphia and shipped them back to Miami, you know, you haven't had teams living in a hotel for 16 days, like basically the Cardinals were, I think at some point. And then, getting one day to practice and then playing double headers basically for the rest of their schedule, you know? Um, and it may get to that point, but they're trying to avoid it. And the way they try to avoid it is by not adding load on the back end of this thing, especially load that may not ultimately be um, playoff uh, related. And to try to just, you know, keep people as, 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 as healthy as possible and keep playing these games. I'm not against it. I'm for it. I mean, they have a plan, and, and everybody signs off on this plan, and by the way, they get paid money. This is when people yeah. say, well, what's the difference between college and the pros? Oh. That's the difference. Well, collectively bargain. I mean, they had That's exactly right. negotiation. There was opt-outs. Sure. There was contract alterations. There was a whole new uh, – they reinvented training camp. They reinvented practices. They reinvented the day-to-day – existence of the league they reinvented the bye week and there really isn't any bye week anymore because you got to be in the building every day to get tested uh yeah no it's it's completely and utterly different yeah by the way just to just on going out i'm so happy the bears stink it makes me happy that wilbon is so miserable <laughs> and they stink well, yeah they, they gotta do. they gotta they go do. back to trubisky don't they they've got to try they will it. at some point to try to save their jobs and then that won't work and then um yeah. they'll be hiring some new people there that's probably true. And also, I'm, I'm, the NFC East actually is horrendous. It actually is. It's horrendous, is. but it's becoming a little bit, it's to fun. me at least, oddly car crash-like <laughs> compelling. I don't – I, the deeper I we agree. go into this thing and the more it just looks like a, a, a swamp with, and then with quicksand and with everything else, I, I kind of am like – it's like a like Survivor, and I don't really – watch that show on TV and haven't watched it much, but I understand why people do. It's kind of like that for me now. Like I, I, from week to week, 
like who's cutting off their own pinky finger, who's like <laughs> bleeding out but still alive. Like it, it, I'm kind of into it. All right, uh, pump your radio show for us. People can hear it. Thank you, Tone. If you want more football talk from 2 to 6 Eastern time every day, we got you covered. Inside access on 105.7 The Fan. You can also uh, stream us anywhere in the wide, whole wide world or on the World Wide Web uh, on the Radio.com app or check us out uh, at the website there, 105.7 The Fan. Um, yeah, particularly if you like Ravens talk or you care about the Orioles and who they're going to protect in the Rule 5 draft. And by golly, we've got the show for you. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Jason. Say Thanks, hi to Copper. Guys. Appreciate you. Thanks. Copper the dog, everybody. We will take a break. We will come back in the next segment. We will have Jeff Mon. We think we'll have James Carville. Right? We think we'll have James Carville? Yes? We, we think we will, but as always, it's... Well, you never it's, know. You, you never know. know. You never know, and it's, it's okay. Don't worry Starting about fresh. it. Starting fresh. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Indochino ad, and they tell you to please personalize these ideas as a natural lead into your spot. I don't even know what that means, but I'm able to personalize it. Not me personally, but Nigel, tell the people about Indochino and how often you've bought suits. I have three Indochino suits now. Uh, I have three because I love them. And most importantly, they make me look great. You feel like a rock star when you're walking around in these suits. Uh, I think I need to get one now for Reginald. I think he deserves to yep. have one. Maybe now I could get those matching suits. We'll be looking, uh, looking very nice. But you can design the suit any way you want. It gets to you in a ridiculously short amount of time. And you, it, it's a really, really great cost for you. So go out and get one. Give your wardrobe a style upgrade with Indochino. Get made-to-measure clothing at great prices, including suits, blazers, shirts, and coats. You get to customize everything, from the fabric and lining to the lapel shape and monogram. The choice is all yours. Your clothing is then made to your exact measurement, so it fits you perfectly. I am just reading copy to buttress all the things that Nigel has said. Indochino's Black Friday event is on now. This is the best time to buy, as they're offering their lowest prices of the year, including custom suits from just $289. Yes, that is the lowest price. Yes. And with the promo code TONYK, you'll save an extra $30 on any purchase of $399 or more. You can shop online at Indochino.com, or you can visit any Indochino showroom. I think there's one in Tyson's Corner. And Bethesda. And Bethesda as well. That's, That's Indochino.com, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, Indochino.com, promo code TONYK. And use the code, people. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is J.D. Dominowski, an alum of Central Michigan University. I don't know who sent us the email, but the sender writes, if anybody remembers anything about the Little Mac School of Central Michigan, we are the team that scored the beyond incredible Hail Mary play against Mike Gundy's I'm a Man Oklahoma State Cowboys in September of... 2016. I believe Uncle Tony was standing in the end zone when that miracle play <laughs> happened. Thanks to you and the whole crew with all the laughter and the localized DC stories, a place I've never lived to pass the time during the pandemic. You are saving humanity with one broken shoe story at a time. This is called 14 Cigarette Night. This is J.D. Dominowski, and you can hear his music in full and without my stupid interruptions <laughs> at the end of this podcast. Michael, if people like J.D. want to send in their music, how do they do so? Please send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizerShow.com. 
So Jeff and, and, Ma joins uh, us now. What, 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 uh, what? I was just going to say, I just want to give credit to Michael Curtis from Austin, Texas, who wrote that, who sent okay, us. Okay, so he, uh, yeah, he didn't sign his name on the email, so I didn't know. So thank yes, you to I'm, Michael. Yes. Jeff joins us now, and you, you are aware that we have a photograph of you, the team photograph <laughs> of the Exeter water polo team, where you are sitting second from the left on the bottom row. You're aware of that, are you not? I mean, I'm aware that there's a photo. I mean, I was not aware that you guys had it, although I did happen to listen to the, the podcast from earlier this week when you talked about Tom Peabody basically fleecing his fellow, uh, you know, <laughs> colleagues in the golf pools using Rufus's knowledge to, uh, to fleece Yes, them. yes. And, then we're, and, and that same person sent us a picture of you. You're, you're like, you got your game face <laughs> on. You're ready to play. Who, who, is, this per who is this person? I don't know. We got rid of it. He should. He should email us back. He's married. He's married to someone who was in your class, and she now works at Hotchkiss, I believe, if I remember the email correctly. Yeah. That's, Do you know that's anybody that's like that who works at Hotchkiss? Do you know that? I don't know. No, her name. I mean that's a that's a second tier prep school. I don't pay attention to that. Oh, just <laughs> rip on it. That's so good. Oh wow. That's the, thank God I never mentioned Blair Academy to Jeff. He would just. <laughs> Be so incredibly dismissive, right? Those, that's where typically parking valets go to school. So I'm not, I don't know sure that is. Okay. Uh, you oh, were two by the way, it's, it's Kevin, King, Kevin King from Prunedale, California. Yeah, but it's his wife who was the, the student at Exeter. Oh, is yeah, it doesn't have her name. No, it just says my girlfriend was on the Harvard's golf team. Uh, does not say who the who that was. Okay. Sorry. All right. So Jeff was 2-3-1 and one last week and got saved in one of the more remarkable plays, a smart play, I felt, um, that was the Nick Chubb play, the Cleveland Browns, because it was Houston plus four, although you took Houston three, so that gave you a push. You know, I, I guess the final line was four. You would have won that game. What were your thoughts when you saw Nick Chubb go out? Honestly, it, it, so I think in a lot of these situations, as a better, if someone does something that makes a lot of sense, like from a from a winning perspective, so like Todd Gurley a while back, and then and then even Todd Gurley, what he should have done this year against Detroit, um, yep. and then where Detroit ended up coming, it, that that makes sense. This this Chubb thing was interesting because honestly, they're going to go up two scores at that point with fifty seconds left. It it doesn't matter. I mean, and so honestly, like that, I definitely felt a hundred percent lucky that that happened. Although. You think about all of these things. I mean, like he needed to break a touchdown at that point to lose. So you have that emotion where you're like, "Oh my God, I'm about to get screwed," and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, I'm about to get saved." Uh, so I, I think ultimately those kind of things are are you know hopefully you think that they even out over the course of time. Um, you know, even in that the the Buffalo game, right? You had the Buffalo Arizona game where that game was two and a half for most of the week and they decide to not kick the extra point. Now, again, in that situation, that makes complete sense for them to do that. So like that just seems logical. And although, you know, if you're two and a half, you get saved at that point, that is the right thing for them to do in the Chubb situation. You know, the com most of the commentators and analysts have said, Oh, that was such a smart thing to do, but it would, to go up two scores at that point, honestly, I, I, I think he should have just scored. 
there's less than a minute left. This is the Wilbon position that this is a mountain out of a molehill that he probably should have gone in and it wouldn't have mattered. But he did what was the smart play in this regard. You definitely end the game right there because you have a first down, you kneel down twice, the game is over. There's nothing that the other team can do. So I assume that's why in the huddle, they said to Nick Chubb or to anybody else, just don't go in. And he didn't go in as opposed to Gurley, which turns out to be disastrous because Matthew Stafford goes down the field in 30 seconds, right? That's well, what happened. Yeah, well, the Gurley situation, right, was was way worse. And what I what I think is egregious about that situation is why do you even hand the ball to Gurley? Why don't you just take a knee? Like, why do you even put yourself in a position where Gurley can score if you don't want to score? Like, you hand the ball to Gurley, all sorts of bad things can happen, i.e. he scores or he fumbles, whereas if you just take a knee, you don't even put either of those things into play. Uh, by the way, Nigel told me that, that the Baltimore-New England game, that there was some interesting statistic on that that I was completely unaware of. Uh, when New England ends up winning that game, Baltimore looks bad in that game. Yeah, but was, I mean, that was that, so, so a lot of times, I don't know if you've, you've seen this, but they, they'll tell you what um, these days they give you data about which games are, or which teams have more bets on them. Like what's the percentage of bets? Like, oh, this, right. you know, this team has 60% of the bets. That game was completely lopsided on Baltimore. And when you think about um, a lot of those stats, sometimes they're misleading because they only look at a couple different sports books. We actually were interested in it, like Rufus and I. We called some of the offshore books just to find out, too, how much. And and they were also totally, totally, um, you know, like not balanced. And that was, there were almost everyone had bets on Baltimore in that game. So Baltimore had gone from, Minus six and a half to minus seven and a half, but back to minus six and a half. But everyone was on Baltimore in that game, so it was interesting because the sports books universally needed the Patriots to cover, and they did. Oh, that would be considered, you know, stealing an election in a different part of the country. There would be a conspiracy theory about that. All right, who do you have this week? What do you got for us? Well, that's. I mean, right now what we're doing is we're we're in like what third world countries do, right? Which is like, oh, we lose. So we just try to uh, make it seem like things were fixed and we fire people in the military <laughs> and prepare for a military coup. Yeah. It's, it's, That's right. You know, That's right. It's not really considered a coup unless it's in France, though, right? So it's, right. It's, this, is, this is not an official coup. So. Um, I'm going to take Baltimore minus the five um, for bouncing back uh, against Tennessee. Tennessee is kind of a weird team. Um, they've been up and down. Their defense is not very good. This is, this is definitely a bet that Baltimore is not as bad as, as they've looked um, certainly last week. And the line was six and a half has been bet all the way down to five. So when a line moves that much, there's, there, there just is really a lot of value at Baltimore at this point. Okay. What else? I'm going to take New Orleans minus the five. Um, the game I think is off right now, but I, I think it'll reopen at five. It's been five all week. Um, it's, it's a little bit short because of the, you know, Breeze versus Jameis thing, but I, I think Jameis will be fine in this situation, and I, I actually think, you know, this is a good spot for them where I don't think there's going to be a tremendous amount of drop-off between him and Breeze. I, I would just say this, and, and Jason Lockenfor agrees with you, because uh, we just had him on, but I would I would say this. Atlanta, the last four weeks, I know they're 3-1. and one. They should be 4-0. and oh. Atlanta and Minnesota 
have really bounced back as better teams. Does that concern you at all? Um, they, they for sure have been better, especially on the offensive side. Um, since they got rid of Quinn, they uh, have been throwing more, have been utilizing their strengths, which are those wide receivers. So, yeah, certainly that does concern me. Um, I do think New Orleans is, if not the best team in the NFL, right up there as one of the top three teams. So, yeah, as, as good as Atlanta's been, I still think New Orleans minus five is, is value there. Okay, what else? I'm going to say Green Bay plus the two and a half. Um, I, the Indy team obviously played incredibly well at uh, Tennessee. Um, they're, you know, a, a hard team to, to predict, but I, I do think that Green Bay here, um, getting Jair Alexander back, um, having the full complement of wide receivers for the first time this year, I like them plus the two and a half. Although I guess Devontae Adams didn't practice, so there's some issue with him potentially but i i think if he's back plus a two and a half there's value okay what else Jake pittsburgh minus the 10 against jacksonville we've talked a lot about this jacksonville team being a, a really bad team specifically on the defensive side um pittsburgh i think there's some stink on them on the road as a big favorite historically under tomlin uh, but this line should really be more like 13 or 14. And I think given sort of what they did against Dallas, they'll sort of be much more awake for this game. And I feel like they'll, they're going to win this game by, you know, 14, 20 points, something like that. I think it's going to be a blowout. There was a great quote by Tomlin, and Tomlin is so much fun to listen to. And he said, Let, understand something. You know, we're not some Big Ten team playing a MAC team here. This professional football. I just really liked I mean, that, that's the kind of thing that says, I'm going to make sure my team understands that we're not going to have a letdown here. And I like that. I did. Yeah. What else you got? Yeah, what else? And then the last pick, we got to bring them back. The Jets? Jets? Plus the nine yeah. and a half. Oh, I, you know, good. obviously they played well against the Patriots. Um, with Flacco there, there is a little bit of a concern because we'd much rather have Darnold there. But I do like the fact that the Jets have gotten their full complement of wide receivers back. I think that made a difference against the Patriots, and certainly having them here against a Chargers team, which, you know, Anthony Lynn's record in games where they're up slash close, whatever. Horrendous. It, it, it's, it's horrendous. It's, it's horrendous. And so, honestly, getting nine and a half points against this Chargers team uh, with the Jets team, that, that you know, they want to win a game. They want to win at least one game because at least they win one game and they'll, they'll still get Trevor Lawrence probably. So I like the Jets plus nine and a half. Anthony Lynn is the easiest coach in the league to fire at the end of the year. Since the beginning of last season, his record is something like three and 19 in games decided by one possession. Three and 19. It's, it's come on. They're killing him. His players are killing him, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I, you say he's the easiest coach. Like, you don't think it's Adam Gaze is the easiest coach? Oh, yeah, well, Adam Gaze has been fired. It just the date hasn't been put in. I mean, he's there's no chance he can possibly return. There's no chance of that. By the way, I know this will make you happy. Head-to-head, uh, -head, um, we've one of our listeners, Gillis Green in Vero Beach, has matched up you and your best friend Kevin Sheehan and when you are on the opposite sides of a game, you are right five of nine times. Five of nine times. What do you think of that? You're beating him. I think that's, I think that's great. 
I figured you'd like that. Thank you, Jeff. What's that? I said I think you. I knew you would like that because you love Kevin so much. All right, Jeff's podcast with Rufus Peabody is called Bet the Process. You can find that. You can listen to it, and you'll find much more depth than we do in a short segment here. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Tony. Jeff Ma, boys and girls, we don't. Do we have Carville? Because it, it's so much better when we don't. It's like um, so much better, right? No, I think sadly James did not make it this week. Yeah, you know we were, and and here's what I was going to do with James, just so you know, I was going to give him a zero zero record. It was going to be a total restart. And oh, next nice. week we'll do that if there's a total restart, if we can find him. So we will take a break. We will come back with email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Hey, kids. Mr. Tony has a really silly problem. There's a hole in my boat shoe, dear Michael, dear Michael. <laughs> there's a hole in my boat shoe, dear Michael, a hole. How is this my problem, dear dad, dear dad? How is this my problem, dear dad? Why me? Which ones shall I wear now, dear Michael, dear Michael? A new or an old pair, a left or a right? Just pick one, you old man, you old man, you old man. Just pick one, you old man, you old man. Pick one. These go to the beach house, dear Michael, dear Michael. <laughs> going to be stuck in my head all weekend. The beach house, <laughs> these ones for the dog. This is Brad Weiss, of course. Walker, Walker will sing the song all weekend long. Recreating <laughs> folk music from the 1960s. And it is early my problem 60s. when you put your old whole shoe up on the table. Yeah, but I, I have, I'm not wearing them anymore. I threw them out. I'm wearing... Um, but newer, it, but not new shoes. Newer is key newer. Here. Newer. <laughs> Nigel, do you want not to do? Not new. Newer, not new. Uh, I'm <laughs> accurate on that. Nigel, do you want to do the Bethesda bagel ad? Yes, thank you very much, Mr. Tony. Uh, we love Bethesda Bagels. We hope you will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location nearest you uh, in the D.C. area. Although I do hear that they're opening up branches in Leeds and Liverpool. So keep your eyes out for those new locations. Tremendous. That's it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me say tonight's your mind completely. You give your love so sweetly. Tonight, the light of love is in your eyes, but will you love me tomorrow? One of the greatest lyrics in the history of rock and roll, written by Carole King, uh, performed originally by the Shirelles, and then with sort of much more anxiety by Carole King. Thanks to our guests today, uh, Jason Lock and Four of CBS Sports, Jeff Ma, the patron saint of water polo, Thanks, and Bet the Process. Thanks to our sponsors as well, Indochino and Honey. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, GooglePlayRadio.com. If you get the show through iTunes, please leave a review. From Andrew Gegenheimer in Waltham, Massachusetts, Never Revere. Keep giving it to those pretentious Subaru drivers, such elitist snobs. We littles prefer following the true worker men, podcast TV hosts who put on their pant leg one put on their pant one leg at a time, just like the rest of us, along with one of four identical pairs of shoes. From Ed Butt in Frankfurt, Michigan, I'm amazed that no one has yet emailed you about the most pretentious, obnoxious things Subaru owners do. When you buy a new Subaru, Subaru offers to furnish free of charge a metal badge. 
to apply to your rear tailgate right above your My Kid is an Honor Student and Save the Whales bumper stickers. It starts with a disc with a number for how many Subarus this one makes for you. You then also request various chevrons to add for the activities you do in your Subaru, like cross-country skiing, bird watching, rock climbing, spelunking, etc. For me, my last outback was number four. In addition, I requested the mountain biking, kayaking, and hiking chevrons. At the end of the forum, Subaru asked if there were any new chevrons they should add to the list. I requested scrapbooking, driving pretentiously, Ed Butt, 73. And no, I did not actually put my badges above my TK sticker. After having some fun with them, they went in the trash. I'm and, not that And the bad. lower number is a status symbol because they last so long. From Frank Lynch in Park City, Utah, just catching up on Monday's podcast while trying to get my dogs to stop chasing a herd of elk. When I heard you pronounce... The choice of all Subaru owners for roof cargo as Thule. It is obviously pronounced Thule, Neanderthals, owner of three Subarus and a Chevy Volt in Park City, Utah. <laughs> From Matt Stanton. Hello, Dr. Old Sport. Just like Michael, I've started using a Peloton bike. I love the high five option. Every time I press it, I say high five out loud like Borat. Is this childish? Yes. Will I continue to laugh every time? You better believe it. I'm, I'm Eric, too nervous to initiate the high five. Eric Londrigan in Boston, Massachusetts. And I cannot begin to tell you how much I enjoy the spontaneous exclamations that are loud enough to be caught on radio and result in Michael having to explain to the listeners or possibly anyone listening for the first time that was his mom. Attaches a little doodle I did after listening to the show. Is there a slot open for the official amateur cartoonist of the Tony Kornheiser show? That's and it's Eric Londrigan who did it from Boston. It's really good. From Tommy Greenless in Walnut Creek, Colorado. Michael, welcome to the Peloton family. Did you know there's a TK Littles hashtag group? I'd like to invite you and all the Littles to the Rider group with the hashtag of TK Littles for listeners of the podcast. Currently, there are 23 of us, and it will notify you when the other riders of the podcast are on their bikes when you're on the main homepage. Another way that the show provides us connectedness during these times of isolation. Looking forward to giving more high fives. I need to, to train to so pod. I can leave all of you in the dust, and there will be no high fives. Casey from Indianapolis. <laughs> Michael, there are several Peloton leaderboard tags in addition to LaCheese including TK Littles, Hoff Waff, and This Show Stinks. What is the official Peloton hashtag of the Tony Kornheiser Show? When is the first official team ride? Has Dr. Hoff Waff himself given it a try yet? Do you foresee going better or worse than his trial of yoga? Casey from Indianapolis. I'm not doing... Yoga was awful. I hated yoga. <laughs> I've done this bike thing before. Darren Herbert in um, Raw Marsh in South Yorkshire, England. I, I moved from... Wath on Dern as Nigel destroyed the pronunciation. I listened to <laughs> Nigel's advice. I went to BethesdaBagel.com to find my nearest location. Attached is my result. If Nigel can pick me up some of the relatively unknown matzo soup, that would be great. I'll be in around 7.30 a.m. I'm currently breaking up a Mazda Miata at work so I can throw him a few car parts in exchange. Congratulations Lovely. on Child 2, by the way, Michael. Sorry for the late exultation. It's probably the podcast delay. Thank you, Mr. Tony, for keeping me sane. <laughs> Through the uh, pandemic. And from Brian Rigsby in Elon. Elon, remember that college Elon? Oh, sure. Matt Williamson went there. They used to be called the Fighting Christians. They actually, that was their nickname, the Fighting Christians. And somebody said, I don't know about this. And they changed it to the Phoenix. And he writes, Brian Rigsby does, I visited the DMV this past weekend. Since my favorite be breakfast place has closed down, Chatter, I thought I would patronize Bethesda Bagels. Since there was no code to use, I just walked up to the counter and told him Dr. Hoffwaff sent me. Since it works for Cactus Jack at McDonald's, it must work for Uncle Tony's favorite breakfast. 
uh, breakfast. The last they gave me a strange look and I had to order a steak, egg, and cheese bagel. I feel they're missing out on a huge marketing promo. They could serve the Tony special and then let whoever orders it go to the kitchen and eat it over the sink. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Thank you, Mr. Tony.
Someone new upon the scene. It's another. 